0: We're back in Matthew chapter 5 once again, and we're in verse 7. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there to Matthew chapter 5. And as you turn, if you do have your Bible, just to remember where we've been, last time we looked at, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We're going through these, blessed are statements in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. We've seen, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, uh, blessed are the meek, and all those flowed into Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And like I said last time, now these are going to start flowing out into actions in the next few. And so we see these actions starting in verse 7, our verse for tonight. But I'm going to read again all of 1 through 7 in Matthew 5, just so we can kind of have that context. So would you stand with me as I read God's word for us in Matthew 5? This is what God's word says. God, would you help us to understand your mercy, what it means for us, how it changes us? And would you help us to to understand what it means that you call us to show mercy to others? Lord, help us to understand these things by your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God, can I have a seat? Raise your hand if you've ever heard the phrase, show no mercy or no mercy. Anybody? Yeah? Pretty common phrase. Many different places you might hear it. Um, movies, songs, if you've watched Karate Kid or the Cobra Kai TV show, you know, that's one of the themes of the show, No Mercy. Um, but it's all over the place, right? And what do you think it means if somebody says that? When, when you hear somebody say, show no mercy, what do you guys think? What, what does it mean? Okay, Kayla, Do whatever it takes to win. Do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. yeah anybody else? What does it mean when you say no mercy? Tell everyone. Yeah? In <laughs> some context, that's what they're meaning. Yeah. Show sure, no regret. Yeah, no regret. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've all heard this phrase before, show no mercy, right? And the idea is, right, mercy is going to be a weakness. Mercy is going to hurt you. It's going to leave you vulnerable. And so you better not show it if you want to come out on top, if you want to win, right? And there's this, uh, there's that. But there's also this sometimes this temptation of like, well, I'm not not showing mercy to other people. I'm just not really thinking about other people. It's not like I'm actively, you know, dismissing them. I'm just not really thinking about them. I'm over here, you know, doing what I need to do to, to figure out my things. But I want you to imagine what it would be like to have a world without mercy. Like, where would this get us, right? And what's even more troubling, I think, to us is that Jesus doesn't say, blessed are those who show no mercy, right? He says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. That's what he says. And we're going to take this apart like we did to all the other ones, right? There's two parts. Who is blessed and why are they blessed? So first, who's blessed? Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, which means we need to know what it means to show mercy. We've already defined no mercy. What would how would you define mercy? What do you think? What would mercy be? Yeah, Kayla? Giving someone something they don't deserve. Giving yeah, giving somebody something they don't deserve, yeah. True. Let them live Let, Letting them live in that in that other context, yeah. Giving grace. Yeah, giving grace. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's helpful to kinda of have a distinction because we hear grace and mercy together, right? And and they're similar, but they have some nuance. So mercy is not getting the punishment that you actually deserve, right? So for example, when we were playing Spud out there tonight, I heard frequently somebody say, show me mercy or have mercy, right? Because they didn't wanna get the ball rolled at them and, and get hit, right? And the idea is like, yeah, like I'm the closest person to you and you're already taken four steps and you're right next to me, but you know, have, show me some mercy, right? So mercy is not getting the punishment that we deserve, right? It's like the consequences of your actions should be this, but actually it's having pity on somebody and not making those things happen. Uh, think about, well, there's a lot of movies and TV shows where, where the hero doesn't kill the villain, right? The villain says, have mercy, right? And the villain, because of all those sorts of reasons, we think, oh, he should be, you know, not shown mercy, but then he's shown mercy by the, by the hero. Uh, another way of thinking about it is there's no merit to mercy in the sense that the person who's asking them to show mercy, true mercy, is like, I don't deserve this mercy, right? I don't deserve not this punishment. I deserve the punishment for my actions, but I'm not getting it. Uh, In Jesus's life, we actually hear this phrase mercy a lot, and it's mostly by people who are hurting, people who are sick, people who are injured, people who cry out to Jesus and they say, have mercy or have mercy on me, Lord, right? They need God's help. Um, One illustration uh, in Matthew that Jesus talks about in regards to mercy is about a servant and servant being forgiven in Matthew 18. He's, he's talking about this. He says, Therefore, a kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, a talent is what you would make for 20 years worth of wages. And this man owes 10,000 talents. So that's 200,000 years worth of work, right? Essentially an unpayable debt. That'd be, yeah, so this is talent. So talent is 20 years' wages, and he owes 10,000 of those. So the servant, though, falls on his knees, imploring him, and says, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Yeah, question? I'm just curious, do we know how talent is in USD? Yeah, it's somewhere north of all of this would be somewhere north of $6 billion or more. How in the world would one man have that much debt? Kevin. <laughs> right, he has all... It's Jeff Bezos. Okay, but the key, here, the key here is it's an unpayable debt, right? And yet this man says, have patience with me and I will pay you everything, which certainly is very unrealistic, but verse 27, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave the debt, right? That's mercy because this man has this unpayable debt and he doesn't deserve to have it forgiven. But the master says, you know what? I'll have pity on you. Even the man himself is saying, well, I'll have patience. I'll pay it back, but that's not actually going to happen, right? And he's been shown mercy. That's what mercy looks like. Now, I want you to imagine if we all lived our lives without mercy, how long would it take for you to lose your friends, right? When you do something and they're like, "Mm -mm, not showing you mercy. How long would it take for you to lose like your family and be kicked out of your house? Nope. Sorry. Right. Things keep piling on and nobody shows you mercy. Think about it. Eventually we lose all of our relationships because there'd be so many consequences of our actions that would just keep piling up and piling up and piling up with nothing to do. And everybody would just say, sorry, these are all the consequences of your actions, Mercy is actually something we need, even if we don't see it every day. And it's actually a good thing that God has put it in our hearts to show mercy to one another, especially to those we love. But how do you and I show mercy? What does it look like for us? Right? If mercy is pity, that means one of the things we're called to do is actually to put ourselves in other people's shoes, to try to understand their point of view. Right? Like the servant who has this unpayable debt and says, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. It means forgiving others, and that's actually the context of Matthew eighteen. Peter is asking, "Hey, how often should I forgive my brother if he sins against me?" Right, and Jesus starts telling this story to him. It means showing forgiveness. It means we're not quick to get angry at other people. Right. It means we're um, not thinking of ourselves more highly than others. Uh, it doesn't mean that we keep to ourselves and never think about other people. In fact, it actually means to look at others around you and say, hey, how can, I, how can I show pity and have mercy on them? I know they deserve this and here are the consequences of their actions, but how can I show them mercy? And that can be really hard sometimes. And obviously there, there are cases where we have to do things that are, that are hard to do and we don't want to do them, right? And that could include showing mercy and that all could include in some circumstances letting people face certain consequences for their actions. But Jesus says, with all this, he says, blessed are the merciful. So that's who's blessed, the merciful. Why are they blessed, right? Second part. For they shall receive mercy. Like the other verses, right, that we've seen, this is a future thing and a passive thing. They they shall receive mercy. It's being given to them, and it's being given to them in the future. Now, so far with these other Beatitudes, we've kind of heard them and we say, yeah, these people have not earned the other part of the Beatitudes. So, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We've said, yeah, the poor in spirit don't earn the kingdom of heaven; they can't do it. Blessed are those who mourn, for they should be comforted. Right? They don't earn that comfort. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Right? Being meek doesn't mean you get the earth. But then we come to this one, which says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And it can seem like it's saying, if you show enough mercy, God will just show mercy to you. Right? It seems like. Our action comes first and then God's action. But if we look at the context of the other Beatitudes like we talked about and other passages in in Scripture, we'll see what the true connection is. Luke 6, 36 says this, Be merciful, even as your heavenly Father is merciful. And the idea here that Jesus is getting at is those who are truly merciful are merciful because they have been shown mercy. And they're showing mercy is actually out of the mercy they've already been shown. And that's where this connection comes in. So going back to that passage in Matthew 18, some of you know it and you know where this is going. So the servant gets forgiven this enormous debt. And then it says this, but then that same servant went out. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 denarii, which would be that day's wage, which is not a small debt, but very, very, very minor compared to everything he's just been forgiven, Right? But that servant began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. This servant who's been forgiven all of this starts to choke out this servant for this little debt. He says, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, why does that sound familiar? Yeah, he just said it a few verses ago, right? But that servant refused and went to put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother and your heart. So this illustration, this powerful forgiveness, and this powerful act of mercy on behalf of the master was supposed to lead this servant to show mercy to others, right? That's the way it was supposed to work, but this servant doesn't get it. He doesn't see. And Jesus gives this illustration, this picture, so that you and I can see and say like, oh, this servant definitely should have shown mercy because of all the mercy he's been shown. But the reality is we are the servant in this passage. We have been forgiven an unpayable debt that we can never repay. And because of that, we're meant to show mercy to others. Now, what do I mean, right? Well, like the servant, we are in this debt. I've already talked a little bit about how if if people stop showing mercy on us, it would not be very fast until we lose our friends, we lose our family, right? We have this debt because we continue to disobey God. We continue to follow our own hearts, follow our own ways, try to do what we think is best, We sin time and time again, and we have this unpayable debt that we can't get back just by trying to do merciful or righteous deeds, and yet God shows us mercy. He doesn't punish us. Now, there is still punishment, but the punishment instead falls upon the very one who spoke these words in Matthew 5 and Matthew 18, Jesus, the very Son of God. He takes on the punishment. He gets the death that we deserve, and instead, God gives us forgiveness. God shows us mercy, and we get life. And the power of God's mercy is so strong that it's stronger even than death itself because Christ rose again from the dead. He didn't stay dead, but he rose again. And all who believe in him, God will ultimately show mercy to in the greatest way imaginable, which means we'll be living with him eternally. Right? We'll be able to get into the new heavens and the new earth where only goodness dwells, only righteousness is, right? just because of the gift of God. This is the idea here in Matthew 5. Because of God's mercy to us, we show mercy to others. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian walk. I want to give you one more example from Jesus' life. In Mark chapter 5, he meets a man who's possessed by demons. And this man is crazy. It says this, this man in Mark 5 lived among the tombs. No one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he'd often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. I mean, this guy seems beyond hope, right? None of, nobody here would want to go near this guy, ever, right? And yet, Jesus meets with him. Jesus says, and <clears throat> he says this, What is your name? Speaking to the demon. And the demon says, My name is Legion, for we are many. This man is full of dark forces, dark spirits, dark, or dark uh, demons. And Jesus sends the demons out, and if you know the story, I won't get into it too much, but he sends them into a herd of pigs, which is wild, and the pigs go running off into the lake, and then everybody, all the townspeople say, hey, you need to leave, like, this is crazy, we don't really know what's going on, we just, we just want you to leave, and the guy who's been healed, the guy who's had all these demons cast out of him, then says, hey, Lord, let me go with you. He wants to go with Jesus, and Jesus says this, and I think it's fascinating. Jesus says this, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And it says that that man went away and began to proclaim how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. This is our story, that Christ has had mercy on us. God has had mercy on us, right? He's not looked at the things we've done, but he's actually looked instead to his, to his son Jesus and his son has died on our behalf. He has had mercy on us. And now the calling of us, another the calling of this Christian life is not as soon as we are saved, we go off to heaven to live with Jesus. But actually, we're now saved, and and he says to us, go home and tell your friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So you can see, the mercy we're meant to show to others flows from the mercy that we've been shown in Jesus. That's the idea. If we believe in Christ just like this man, we are healed, we, we are mercied, and because of that, we are meant to show mercy. And that's what Jesus is getting at when he says this in Matthew 5.7. 7. He says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. If we have faith in Jesus Christ, this is true of us. And it's also a high calling on our lives, but it's one that's a gift given to us by our Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the mercy that you show us, that undeserved gift. Thank you that you do not give us the punishment we deserve, but instead that punishment went on, Jesus. Lord, would you help us to understand more and more day by day just what a gift that is? and also how to then show that mercy to those around us. Help us to see how much we have been forgiven and are being forgiven so that we might forgive others in turn. Lord, would you give us strength to do this and live in this way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.